Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Selling Greenville. I say it's a special episode because we have the confluence of three things happening this week. Well, one of them happened a few weeks ago, but we're going to celebrate it this week. Um, The confluence of three things. First, this is our 50th episode of the podcast. I've done this for 50 straight weeks, and I would like to, well, uh, I should say not 50 straight weeks. We did skip one week because of the holidays. I did preface that, but we've done it for 50 weeks, 50 out of the past 51 weeks, and I'd like to pat myself on the back for that. Um, And I would also just like to thank you guys as the listeners for making it worth my time for, for actually listening to this. Some of you listen to it every week. I really appreciate that. Um, And a shameless plug, please make sure you subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast. I always ask you guys to do that, but I really appreciate if you do. Um, So we're at episode 50. But there's also two other things that are worth celebrating here. And one of those is I have now been a realtor for five years. I Back in January, I eclipsed the five-year mark um, very few realtors make it past year two. Um, so I'm very grateful for all of you that have been my clients over the years and for anyone that's not listening has been my clients over the years. You guys have, have made this a great career for me and I really appreciate that. Um, and additionally, this week uh, on February 11th, it is my 35th birthday. So I have a lot of things happening here all at once. Um, and I'm excited to celebrate all of that. Um, and again, we're just going to have kind of a fun podcast here today uh, where I'm just going to discuss kind of some of the top lessons that I've learned uh, really over the course of my whole life, but specifically since I've been in real estate as a realtor, as an investor. Uh, and I hope that that's helpful for you guys. Just a reminder, as always, uh, my name is Stan McCune. My contact information is in the show notes if you need me for any reason. I represent buyers and sellers in real estate. I also invest in real estate. Um, and this podcast is focused on uh, real estate in the upstate of South Carolina, or what you might call the greater Greenville area of South Carolina. Uh, but we talk about a lot of stuff outside of uh, just specifically Greenville-centric things. Um, And some of the stuff gets outside of specific uh, real estate-centric things. Today, it's going to be broad enough that uh, some of these things that I've learned, some of these lessons I've learned might apply to other parts of your life besides real estate, but I'm going to put a real estate spin on them. Uh, And I always preface that uh, when I talk about real estate, it really is always local. Even if I don't uh, share specific local statistics about Greenville or whatever, um, you know, I have people that will ask me, well, what's the market like here? What's the market like there? Does this apply to what's happening over here in California? Or does this apply to what's happening in even North Carolina or Georgia? And some of the things that I say do not apply in, in those areas. And so even when I'm uh, keeping the topic broad, it's still really uh, centered around Greenville because this is the market that I know. And so here we go. I've got now five years that I've been a realtor, 35 years that I've been a human, um, and 50 episodes that I have been a podcaster. Um, And we're going to just discuss, just have a little fun today with five lessons that I have learned over the years that I think will be helpful to you guys. And the first one, there's actually a book. uh, I'm kind of stealing a book title here. 
Um, and uh, it's a book that's well worth reading. Um, but one of the first lessons that I've learned, this has been really more recently that I've learned this, is your network is your net worth. It's a little play on words there. Your network is your net worth. And uh, the book discusses this from a lot of different angles. Um, and, and I'm not going to get into that. You can read that book if you're interested. Um, but I have learned in the years that I've been in real estate, it's really valuable for me to network with a lot of people. And at first, I, I thought that I needed to um, just network to just get my name out there. I actually learned that um, really that wasn't useful. A, a lot of realtors, they network specifically because they want other people to meet them. And what I've learned is that I need to network and focus my networking on meeting other people. And when I shifted that mindset, it completely opened up a whole new world for me where, A, I'm not just you know in sales mode all the time trying to sell people on here I am as a realtor. But uh, secondly, it opened up these doors where I was able to enter into new communities of, of real estate, new areas of real estate, get to know more contractors and more inspectors, people that are multifamily specialists, people that uh, are investors uh, that focus on flipping houses, people that focus on big developments, uh, people that are, are wholesalers, and, and all these different types of people in the industry. And um, guess what? The past year, I've gotten like multiple job offers because as I have networked with these people, try to get to know them, they're like, hey, can you come and be a part of our team? Um, and I'm not just saying when I say job offers, I'm not just saying, um, from other brokers in real estate, we get that all the time in real estate. Uh, if you're a realtor, uh, a lot of real estate companies operate like pyramid schemes. Um, so they just want to, to get more bodies in there. I'm not even talking about that, like actual job offers from actual, uh, companies looking to pay a salary. And I have politely turned those down because I love what I do. And I, it would be hard for me to work a salaried uh, office position uh, now that I've had a taste for for now four years full-time of self-employment. Um, but all that to say, my network has directly impacted my net worth in, in so many different ways. There are multiple, I could tell you so many closings over the years as a realtor that I've had that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for my network. I can speak to homes that I have bought and flipped and properties, rental properties that I have that I would not have if it wasn't for the fact that I put in the time to network and to to get to know people that were operating in these different spaces. And, uh, you know, I if you've listened to uh, my past episodes that I did kind of around the end of last year, beginning of this year, where I discussed some of the health problems I had last year, there was a real moment in there where I wasn't sure I was going to be able to uh, to continue as a realtor because um, I had to go six months without driving. And I wasn't sure if that was going to be just my new lifestyle where I, I just wasn't going to be able to drive. And if that was the case, um, I don't think I would have wanted to, uh, to continue as a realtor, at least uh, in the space that I've been in. Um, and so... I knew, I was confident even in that moment, hey, you know what, I've got a network here. I'm pretty sure based on the fact that I've gotten job offers and whatnot, I could find another uh, career probably similar to what I'm doing or whatever that I could transition into. Thankfully, that didn't have to happen. Thankfully, 
I got cleared to drive uh, several months ago. Um, I've been driving now for, uh, well, it's basically been uh, another six months. We're, we're coming on as well the anniversary of, uh, of a very big seizure that I had in February of last year that, that caused all of that. This podcast isn't about that, though. It's about lessons that I've learned and the, your network, networking with people, not just for your own benefit to try to sell yourself, but in order to learn from other people, I have found that to be really valuable. And now I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of people in my area that like I used to know like years ago, maybe I went to college with them or whatever, and I've not gotten together with them in a while. And I'm uh, now starting to try to go through that list as well and just you know, just say hi. And and we need that more than ever as well in this COVID era where we haven't gotten a lot of social interaction. Um, I want to try to get as much of that as possible um, from these people that have had a meaningful impact on me in the past. So your network is your net worth. And honestly, it's, it's much, much more than that. That's something that uh, is worth the time spent focused on. Um, Here's lesson number two. If time is money, your pace of life or your pace in something is your salary. If time is money, your pace is your salary. And in everything in life, there is a certain pace that we're comfortable with, just like there is a certain amount of money that we're comfortable with, right? We, we need a certain amount of money to come in every month or every year in order to justify the lifestyle that we live. And there is a certain pace of our lives that we uh, really expect and want in order to fit with the lifestyle that we want. And so your pace is kind of like your salary in the time is money equation. And I, I think that this is so crucial. Like I had a day... Um, not too long ago where it was, it was a really long day and it wasn't a bad day. It was just a long day and I got home just exhausted. And it reminded me of when I used to have a salaried position. I used to feel like that every day. And I was like, my gosh, I don't miss that pace. Um, this is a different type of pace. I can operate at my own pace. And, and if Every day, if, if as a realtor, every day felt like that, I would just have to dial it back at that point and and find something to cut out. Thankfully, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about that. I go at my own pace. I'm not one of these realtors that you know. On a day where I don't have a whole lot lined up, I'm going into neighborhoods and knocking on doors and and cold calling a bunch of people and bugging them. Um, that's not the way I operate. I operate at a different pace, a pace that I'm comfortable with, a pace that I enjoy. Sometimes there are days that are busier than that pace. Sometimes there are days that are not as busy as that pace, and I, and I would prefer, okay, we need to pick up the pace a little bit. Um, but all of this, from a real estate standpoint, obviously that has a, a lot of bearing on, on you and your career and you know a, a lot of other things. But from a real estate standpoint, there are a lot of uh, ways that this uh, impacts the way you think about real estate. Um, so for instance, from the standpoint of homes that you invest in or properties that you invest in. There are so many different ways to skin the cat in real estate. There are so many different ways to make money in real estate. I keep finding new ways that people are making money in real estate, but they all have a different pace to them. 
you know, buying rental properties, there's a certain pace to that. There's a certain pace to uh, to flipping homes. There's a certain pace to uh, doing subject twos. There's a certain pace to wholesaling. All of these things, there, it's a it's a different type of of lifestyle and a different type of pace that is required to accomplish what's needed to be accomplished in those different things. And I've learned over the years that some of those things I don't enjoy. For instance, I don't tend to enjoy major, major house renovations. I just don't. Some people, they love that. They're energized by it. That is a pace that they love. And so having a big project like that to them is as energizing as having a big salary. Even though uh, they're, they're, your time is money, but remember, it's not so much just having a bunch of time that you can just spend doing uh, you know, whatever you want, just sitting on the couch. For some people, having a project or having structure uh, in order, some, uh, basically something laid out for them that they can do with that time, that is more valuable than just having empty time, right? And it just depends. Some people really like to have the empty time. For some people, buying up a bunch of rental properties and having passive income, like that's the dream. And they can just sit there and, you know, whatever uh, whatever happens, uh, happens. They watch Netflix, you know, sip on a cocktail, whatever the case may be. Um, for some people, that is their ideal lifestyle. You need to think about how you perceive the time is money equation because it's going to be different for other people. It's not just more free time. It is what type of time and what type of pace that your life is oriented around. This also impacts, uh, for instance, the type of home that you buy. I I, uh, talked about this extensively in uh, an episode that I recorded called Your Home is Your Lifestyle, but this is a big revelation that I had not too long ago where it was like, you know what? People's lives are so intertwined with their home. Your pace of life is directly tied to your home, where you're located. You know, if you're in downtown Manhattan and that's where you live, that impacts your pace of life versus if you're in like Landrum, South Carolina, right? You've got a different pace of life just based on the uh, the people and the the businesses and everything around you, but also your pace of life is impacted if you have to drive a long distance to work, if you have to to take your kids a long distance to school, um, if you're you know in a neighborhood that has a lot of things going on, all of these things impact your pace of life. Could be good, could be bad. You need to to consider that because your time is money. And your pace of life is your salary. You need to determine what pace uh, is the most rewarding for you. And that's what I've really, uh, really learned a lot, particularly since I've, I've been a realtor over the past five years. Here's lesson number three. Uh, you need to differentiate between what you like and what you love. Uh, now, that may seem obvious on the surface, but here's why I don't think it's very obvious. A lot of us pivot from something that we hate into something that we like or love. But because we are, our mind is skewed by what we hate, we then lump in all of the things that we like and love together without really 
distinguishing between the two of them. For instance, if you're coming out of a really deflating career, if you um, have a job that you, you just hate every day, you clock in, you're just like, I just want this day to end. And every single day drags by like that, you get a new career opportunity. Or maybe you start thinking about real estate. Let's take it in a real estate direction. You start thinking about, well, you know what? I could be a realtor. I could be self-employed. Um, being a realtor, it might not be the perfect thing for you. Or maybe there are parts of real estate. Maybe you want to, maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to be a full-time real estate investor. Um, <clears throat> that can mean a lot of different things. Uh, because there, like I said, there are so many ways to skin the cat in real estate. But you're like, you know what? Anything would be better than what I'm currently doing. And you may end up settling for something that you like, but you don't love. And that might just be because you're desperate to get out of what you hate. But it could also be because you haven't really thought through differentiating what you like versus what you love. And this is something I've had to learn. This ties in with the last point I made. But this is something I had to learn as a real estate investor that, you know, those big projects, there are aspects of big projects, big flipping projects and whatnot that I like, but I, I definitely don't love them. And I would say the the distinction between liking and loving, liking something is something you find uh, enjoyable or rewarding or pleasant, but it has some things that you several things that you'd rather not have to deal with. Whereas something that you love is something that's rewarding and enjoyable and pleasant and really doesn't have a whole lot of downsides. It's going to have maybe a, a, a downside here or there. There might be a, a point, a stressful point here and there, um, but it's it's different. It is a different type of thing altogether, and it's really important to, to distinguish between those things. And, and I try to help my clients when they're looking at homes too, when they're buying homes, um, to, to think about it from this lens as well. You know, one thing that's very common, people that are moving out of maybe their starter home or maybe a rental into, uh, into another home. Oftentimes those people in those starter homes or rentals don't have some basic things like a laundry room or like a pantry or something like that. And they'll go into another home and they'll be like, oh my gosh, look at this pantry. This is amazing. Um, and it's just a very basic pantry. And maybe they go into another home and it's like a they have a pantry in there and it's like this full walk-in pantry and it's like everything that they need. Well, um, that, depending on how important the pantry is to you, which to some people that's extremely important. Like that's something you interact with every single day. Um, that's probably more important than people realize you need to be taking that very seriously. Like, yes, I'm coming from a home with no pantry. That doesn't mean that I should just settle for any home just because it has a tiny pantry in it. Maybe I need to to be looking at a home that I love that has a a pantry that I will be that will make me happy every time I open it. That will be a pleasure to stock that I will never run out of room with. Those are the types of of things that you need to be thinking about. And make sure that you differentiate between what you like and what you love. Because you need to be comparing those things to each other. You need to be comparing the things you like and love to each other, not the things that you hate with those things. Ignore the things that you hate. Focus on the things that you know that you have a positive affinity for. And now start to think more clearly, do I like this or do I love it? 
and separate those two things into the two categories because hate uh, obscures uh, proper thinking. So we want to uh, we want to not focus on the things that we dislike. Focus on what you like and to f- figure out which of those things you actually love. The fourth lesson that I've learned is the hard things in life and, of course, real estate change constantly. And here's what I mean by that. The hard things in life and real estate change constantly. Um, when I first started real estate investing, the hardest thing for me was getting the money to do deals. Um, and there were a lot of deals back then. <laughs> that was back in 2013. I mean, it wasn't in the recession. We were out of the recession by that point. Um, 2012, we really, in the housing market at least, obviously the the economy had recovered uh, at a different pace, but the housing market really didn't start to recover until 2012 uh, in this area. And by, by 2013, it was it was definitely on the upswing. Um, and there were a lot of deals out there. And the hardest thing for me was just to, to finance those deals. Well, guess what? For a variety of reasons, that's not that hard anymore. It's pretty easy for me to get money. And part of that is, again, my network. Part of that is that I have more money now than I had back then. Part of that is the economy is better and banks are looser and all of that. But now the hard thing is to find the deals. And, and that's one of the hard things. That wasn't a hard thing in 2013. That's a very hard thing now. There are not very many deals out there. Back then, you could you know, find a home that had been on the market for half a year, give it a lowball offer, and then you had a pretty decent chance of getting it. You could flip it and make decent money. And, you know, you didn't even necessarily have to do a whole lot. Um, my point is that this is a constantly changing thing. When I became a realtor, things were hard when I first started that are easy now. Now things that were easy to some extent back then are harder. It changes over time and you need to be to be flexible and adaptive to that to understand that as you change as a person and as the markets change, as the economy changes, as the world changes, some things become a lot harder or a lot easier. And you need to, as much as possible, stay stay up with that and be realistic with yourself. If you're having a hard time doing something uh, that you thought was easy in the past, you could be likely to force it and then find yourself doing something that you regret. You could find yourself, you know, well, I've talked about this in the past, but when house flipping was easy in 2013... Then a few years later, I started really trying to focus on it like a lot more uh, full time. And I started doing deals that weren't good deals. I was forcing it because it was like, man, well, this was so easy just a few years ago. Um, and I've been going at a slower pace. Why is it when I try to to increase the pace of this? Again, we're, now we're overlapping with the pace discussion we just had. But why is it when I try to increase the pace of this that... I'm I'm finding that it's a lot more difficult. Well, a lot had changed during that time. And I needed to adapt my strategy and I have now. It's it's even harder now to flip houses than it was back then, but I I've, I've become more successful now than I was back then, and that's because I've learned a recipe that works for me. Now, other people have a recipe that works for them that I would never even approach. And that's just again Going back to the pace discussion, it's just not something I'm comfortable with. 
Um, but at some point, the recipe that works for me now probably won't work. Or maybe I'll need to, to reconfigure that recipe. Mix up the ingredients a little bit. You need to be able to be honest with yourself and to constantly reevaluate. If something's not working, okay, what do I need to do to change? Um, or maybe there's just a different market that you need to pivot to if, you're, if we're talking about real estate. Um, that was what I did for a time. I, I pivoted to rental properties, and that's what got me into multifamily and, and rental properties, and, and that's become a major part of my business. I've helped my, both myself uh, acquire a lot of those properties. I've had a lot of my clients over the years acquire a lot of small multifamily properties, and that was just a result of me reassessing what I was doing and saying, you know what, this isn't working. Let me try this and see if this works. Oh, it does work. Okay, why does it work? Um, and then in, in that constant state of reflection and reassessment, I've found more and more of those types of niches like that and more and more things that work. And that's a very important thing to consider because the market and my lifestyle and my skill set and whatnot that I have right now and that's happening right now will not be the same in five years. And uh, we see one thing I've seen in the several years that I've been involved in real estate and the five years that I've been a licensed realtor is that people come and go. There were a few big names in town just a few years ago that you never hear from now. Why? Because they got too aggressive, they overextended themselves, and now guess what? They have lost the shirt off their back, as people, uh, as, the, as the saying goes, as people like to say. And you, you can't let that happen. You've got to make sure that you are realistic with yourself, that you stay ahead of yourself and ahead of the times as much as possible. Use technology to its fullest extent as technology becomes available and change as the times change. All right, number five, last but not least on the lessons that I've learned uh, over the course of my life, specifically over the course of the past five years, and, and I've already alluded to this a little bit, but identify your limitations and seek help or edu- or seek help or education to offset them. Let me say that again because I kind of stuttered there. Identify your limitations and seek help or education to offset them. Here's what typically happens. When people have limitations, they either don't realize it and then they go out and they get burned. They're not realistic with themselves. They think, oh, I can do this. I can be a real estate developer. And they don't have uh, anyone around them helping them. They don't have any support system. They just got a lot of cash. You know, Maybe they, they had someone drop a lot of cash on them. They're like, well, I, I can definitely do something with this. Um, and they don't have a realistic view of their limitations. And so then they go out and and they end up spending a bunch of money, they end up losing a bunch of money, and they end up getting burned. That's that's really bad. You need to identify your limitations, and then you can get help from other people in your network. That's why your network's important. Um, Or educate yourself more. But there's another way that that pendulum can flip, and that's that people can become too conservative. They They can assume that they have so many limitations that they can't really do a whole lot of anything and, and they get, uh, among other things, paralysis analysis that I like to refer to. Um, they just get kind of 
frozen in place, they'll um, they'll say, you know, I want to I want to flip houses, and then they'll look at some houses and be like, uh, I don't know what to do, and then they just never get into it. They don't end up doing the house flips. They don't end up ever buying a rental property, and they get stuck. And what happens is they are too conservative because they are too scared. They're operating in fear of their limitations. And and so they're just ultra conservative is their response to it. Well, that's not a good response either. You'll, you'll never end up learning. You'll never end up progressing. You'll leave money on the table. You'll, you'll make all sorts of mistakes that come out of the mistake of over- uh, identifying with your limitations and becoming too conservative. So you have to strike that balance between being too aggressive and ignoring your limitations and being too conservative because you're scared about your limitations. Here is uh, a better route. When you identify your limitations, you should start conservative, but with the goal of, of becoming more aggressive and working your way into more confidence. And the way you do that is by, again, conservatively taking on jobs that are taking on deals that do stretch you a little bit, but you know that you have the ability via your network, via people you know, maybe it's contractors, maybe it's realtors, maybe it's other people, or that you have the ability to self-teach yourself. You have avenues for education where you can learn how to fill in the gaps in your knowledge so that your limitations are less limiting. And, and, and so this is what you have to do. You have to identify those limitations and then either rely on people to help overcome them or educate yourself and find a way to educate yourself in order to improve on those limitations. And then as you improve on them, you gain confidence. You don't just stay conservative. You start to build in, in your strategy in becoming a little bit more aggressive. You know, I'm at the point now where if I walk into a house, I can say, yeah, I'll buy this house for this amount of money. I could do that. I don't need to have inspectors come and look at it and do all sorts of due diligence. When I first started uh, looking at property, flipping houses and whatnot, I had all sorts of inspections done and all sorts of due diligence. I don't do that anymore because now... I know that that's not a limitation for me. Now, there are some times where I there will be a project where it's like, you know what, I have a lot of limitations. I have a lot of gaps in my knowledge for how this would work. Um, I'm just going to pass on that. This What it would take for me in order to uh, to do this is not interesting for me because I already know how to be successful in a way that's comfortable for me. So... Um, so I don't want to to take on something that then again going back to the to the pace discussion something that would kind of alter my lifestyle and and cause me stress. I I know a way to make money in real estate that doesn't stress me out that allows me to enjoy my life and to spend time with my family and those are the things that I'm doubling down on at this point. But it took me a while to figure that out. I had to try a lot of different things in order to do that. I had to start with some things that I was uncomfortable with, but I knew I had a support system in place to help me with those things. And then as I gradually uh, worked my way up, it became more and more apparent, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is my niche. And 
Sure, there's a possibility that I could branch out into other niches and find other things that uh, that I'm good at that maybe would be even more profitable. But you know what? I'm I'm comfortable right now, and I enjoy what I'm doing, and I'll continue to try to educate myself. And if, as I educate myself, I discover more things that I can be doing, which I, I almost certainly will, um, then I will incorporate those things. But for people that are just now starting or uh, or that are trying to break into real estate investing or, or whatever the case may be, or maybe even people that are, are looking to just buy a home to move into, think about what your limitations are, what your concerns are, and don't just let that cripple you. Let that uh, you need to assess whether there are ways that you can overcome those limitations and not let them cripple you and just shut you down. Find ways to overcome those limitations. Think through realistically, okay, I might be limited in my knowledge about this or I might be taking a bit of a risk, but I can hedge that risk. I can hedge those limitations because I know these people that can help me or I have this support system in place or, or I'm... Uh, getting an education on construction via doing this project with this person or whatever the case may be. There are ways to do that so that you don't just get stuck in being ultra conservative and never being willing to, to take a risk that could improve your life. So those are the five lessons that come to mind that I've learned over the years. Your network is your net worth. If time is money, your pace is your salary. Differentiate between what you like and what you love versus what you hate. The hard things in life and real estate change constantly. And identify your limitations and seek help or education to offset them. Those have been incredibly valuable lessons for me. I hope it puts the bug in your ear, helps you to start thinking about what are some ways that those lessons can be valuable uh, for you. And again, if I can help you with real estate in any way possible, let me know. My contact information is in the show notes. Please go ahead and download, subscribe, rate, review this podcast uh, to show your appreciation for it, to encourage me to continue to record these episodes as we now approach a year that I've been doing this. I pay attention to those ratings, to those reviews that come in, so please do that. I really appreciate those of you that have. Until next time, I hope you guys stay safe, and I'm going to be partying and enjoying my 35th.